Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Well, everyone, today we're going to talk about cybersecurity. That's right. Why? Because thanks to actual and threats of hacking and ransom demands, cybersecurity and ransomware are words that have become part of our almost daily vocabulary. Now, personally, as a victim of identity theft and uh, someone who admittedly is technologically challenged, I have personal concerns. I'm also interested in media reports about the great resignation and the tsunami of resignations and claims that there are this overabundance of available jobs in cybersecurity and that employees are leaving their current jobs in such large numbers to seek more favorable employment opportunities in industries such as cybersecurity. So now, I'm one that tries to get information. I know I don't know everything, so I try to keep an open mind and I try to pursue information that will make me smarter, at least make me better informed. So I took it upon myself to step out and ask someone, someone I had just met virtually, someone who had it like myself, has an employment background. I asked her if she knew a cybersecurity expert. And surprise, surprise, she said yes. And she gave me the name of my guest today, Dominic Vogel, who, yes, listeners, is a cybersecurity expert. Now, Dominic and I just had a a brief conversation because I kind of changed things up on him. I figure rather than read his bio, it would be better and more informative for listeners to hear from him personally about how he got from point A to point B, how he started out on an employment journey and how he ended up as a cybersecurity expert. And he agreed that he would share his journey with us. I am pleased and proud and grateful because he has been extremely patient in scheduling this interview. It's my pleasure and privilege to introduce Dominic Vogel. Beverly, thank you so much for the kind intro. And equally, thank you for being patient for me with <laughs> the various rescheduling. I'm, I'm very, very happy to be here today. And I'd love to just dive right into my background, if that's okay. 
Absolutely. And so, I, you know, um, what, you know I, I, permission. let me excuse me. I'm sorry to interrupt you with your permission. <laughs> after you finish, I'll ask you my questions based on what you've said, because I sure. do have. <laughs> I'm sure. Cybersecurity is something which is my area of expertise. You know, I've, I've been in the field close to 15 years now, and most of I'd say most of my career has been in what I refer to as quote unquote corporate world. I was in charge of cybersecurity for a large credit union here in Vancouver, Canada, where I reside and, and live. And one day I realized that I just wasn't happy in the corporate world. <laughs> and I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. That happened about six, six and a half years ago. And uh, that's when I formed CyberSC, which is my advisory company. It's an organization designed to work with small and mid-sized organizations right across Canada and the U.S., really about providing cyber risk leadership to business owners, CEOs, CFOs, COOs in the SMB space, because you know we live in a time where cybersecurity and cyber risk is front and center and organizations need leadership and need help with that. And my team and I have uh, been working with the, you know, the lifeblood of the economy and in, in making that happen. You know, we absolutely love doing that. And, you know, for, for me, as, I, as I've evolved as a professional, you know, having gone from the uh, corporate setting to being an entrepreneur, you know, it's been quite a fun ride to uh, see the um, transformation within myself as well. You know, I was in my corporate day, I was, t- days, I was actually quite quiet. I was very, uh, uh, inward facing. Um, I wasn't much of a public speaker. <laughs> and uh, being an entrepreneur, you know, I've, I've embraced that part. You know, I, I love being on podcasts. I, I, I think I'm onto at least 100 plus podcasts I've been on over the course of my entrepreneurial journey. And it's just a fun ride. You know, I love educating the public and various audiences around cybersecurity and, and cyber risk and making it relatable and understandable in a way that hopefully most people can <laughs> can can understand and can relate to. So, you know, this is, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity and the platform to talk about cybersecurity. And we've chosen to focus on small and mid-sized organizations because they're the ones that are struggling the most when it comes to cybersecurity. They're the ones that don't have the internal capacity or the internal leadership to drive things forward. And arguably, they're the ones who are most at risk. I always tell, tell people that, you know, just because you see about Colonial Pipeline, all sorts of other big companies that experience data breaches, you see those stories on mainstream media. There's a reason why you don't see the smaller organizations on mainstream media. It's because they're just they're not big names. And I always tell people that the large companies they have the war chest to survive cyber attacks. Small companies, on average, don't. So that's why cyber risk is actually a bigger risk for smaller organizations because it's an existential risk for larger companies. For many of them, it's just the cost of doing business. That's not the case with smaller organizations. So I like to be able to advocate that small and mid-sized organization, business owners and executives, that they understand that this is very much a clear and present risk facing their organizations. Cyber risk has consistently been labeled as one of the top risks facing all organizations across the world. And the World Economic Forum has consistently labeled that risk as a top three risk for, I believe, the past seven or eight years. So I just, like I said, it's just, I always enjoy educating people and uh, again, around this risk and, and driving things forward. Where did you start? You know, after you became an adult and you decided on what you would do moving forward, how did you get from what you decided to do and what you're doing now? Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good question, Beverly. You know, um, I was very fortunate, or I mean, I, in my eyes, I, I view it as fortune. When I graduated high school, I embarked on a computer science degree at a university here in Vancouver, and as I was starting my degree. I was thinking, well, what is it that I want to do after I graduate? And I was flipping through a bunch of IT and uh, computer magazines, and I found a magazine that was called Information Security Magazine. And 
Uh, you know, this is in the early 2000s and you know, cybersecurity was still not quite mainstream then. And I thought, what the heck is information security, uh, which you know, now often referred to as cybersecurity. And I thought, well, this is interesting. <laughs> so uh, that's what I ended up wanting to focus on. And when I graduated from school, I held out until I could get a junior job with a, um, as a cybersecurity uh, analyst. And I still remember um, a manager taking a chance on me. He said, you know what? We'll pay you nothing, uh, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much nothing. I love your passion, love your energy. Um, let's see if you're cut out for this. And um, that's what launched my career in cybersecurity. So now today, if I had a son and he wanted to, he had the same kind of interest and passion that you have, what would you suggest that he do? Good question. You know, I'm a big advocate. I give a lot of talks to uh, high schools and universities and colleges right across the Canada and the U.S., advocating for people to pursue opportunities in cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, you know, pardon the pun, has one of the best job security <laughs> elements in the world. And it's one of the, the safest jobs to be had. I mean, there are so many opportunities. There, there are more opportunities than there are people to fill those jobs uh, right now. And one of the things that I like to dispel is that, or the myth, I should dispel the myth, is that you don't need to be a hacker or some really, you know, cool tech whiz to be successful at cybersecurity. A lot of people think, oh, I'd be, you know, really good at coding and, you know, uh, you know be, a, be a hacker. That's just not the case, right? That, that may have been true in 1995, but that's not the case now. Cybersecurity has become a highly specialized area. It's almost like a f- uh, the field of medicine where uh, you have your general practitioners and then you have a whole bunch of uh, levels of specialties. You know, you can go, you know, you don't go to a podiatrist to get brain surgery <laughs> done. You go to a neurosurgeon for that, you know. So um, we're seeing that type of specialization in cybersecurity right now. So if you're someone who likes looking at numbers, you're someone who's very analytical, someone who loves solving sort of unsolvable problems, there's a lot of really cool areas within cybersecurity to pursue. So, so I always advocate for people, particularly women and minorities, you know, cybersecurity has suffered from a diversity problem for many, many, many years. So I always advocate to make sure that in order for the field to truly thrive, we need greater levels of diversity on multiple levels, gender diversity, uh, ethnic diversity, uh, socioeconomic diversity, neurodiversity, and even even experience diversity, right? We can't just have people from IT be in the cybersecurity field. Some of the smartest cybersecurity people I know are people who have psychology degrees or sociology degrees. So that's one of the myths I like to dispel is that you do not need to be a tech whiz to be successful in this field. I guess my concern, you know, because the reason I became interested in talking to an expert in your field is because I saw a segment on CBS Sunday morning and a young man was said that he was not going back to his current position. He was working from home. He aspired to do better and he was going to get a job in cybersecurity and he was at his laptop, and he was engaged in cybersecurity training. And I thought to myself, that can't be easy, an easy skill set to acquire. How do you find a reputable vendor to train you? I mean, because, you know, there's, there are always schemers and scammers out to make a buck willing to take advantage of people. And, you know, I guess it was my maternal instinct that well, you know, I want to make sure that people get the right information. They get reliable, professional information that will benefit them and that they won't be sorry they spent their money on. Yeah, that, that's a really good question, Beverly. You know, and I mean, there are certainly the, uh, the charlatans out there that are trying to make a quick buck and convince people, oh, take this course or study this. You'll get a guaranteed job in cybersecurity. You know, that's uh, certainly, you know, a... Um, 
a problem. <laughs> but I think that's true for, for a lot of sectors. There are a lot of great, even just, just free resources, you know, and even just following, uh, this is one of the great things about living in the age of social media, even just following security, cybersecurity thought leaders on Twitter or on LinkedIn and just learning from them, even just going to reading cybersecurity blogs. There's so much great free content out there that an individual can learn a heck of a lot. In fact, that's how I started learning about cybersecurity because that wasn't covered in my four-year computer science degree. Cybersecurity was not mentioned at all in in, in the early 2000s in the uh, computer science um, undergraduate degree. So I learned everything by just following security luminaries online, by reading uh, magazines and reading various security blogs. So there's a lot that can be done through self-learning. One of the great things I'd say also about the cybersecurity community is that there's just so many great individuals who will do whatever they can to help those trying to enter the field. There's great opportunities when you just reach out to someone on LinkedIn and you say, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm looking to get into the field. Honestly, one of the best things that I love about LinkedIn is when someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn saying, hi, I'm so-and-so. I always see your post about cybersecurity. I'm interested in the field. You know, you have a few minutes to chat. I love having conversations with these types of people because I'm able to uh, provide them with guidance. I'm able to provide them with answer their questions to just to be a, a supporter on on their journey, you know. So for anyone who's thinking about embarking on a journey in cybersecurity, one of the best things that they can do, and I I always say this to everyone I mentor and coach, is that they should reach out, network with people in the field. Uh, that goes a long, long way in growing your career. It's, it's the one thing that if I could have a do over in my career, I wish I had done that sooner. You know, it's strange that you say that. I have the same regret. I tend to be an insular, <laughs> you know, I stay to myself. I have a wide variety of friends, but I don't know. I see the people I want to see. I socialize with the people I want to socialize. But like you, I wish I had done more networking and attending professional organization, meetings of professional organizations so that I could meet people who were in the same profession, like-minded people. And having said that, is there a professional organization for cybersecurity? Um, oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's no shortage of them, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> unfortunately, okay. depending on your, your point of view. You know, even just as a starting point, one of the things I always tell people to look at, there's great security uh, resources, even just on YouTube. You know, even before you even start looking at the professional associations, if you just type in you know, cybersecurity training on YouTube, there's so many great channels out there. One of the things I love about our profession is that there's so many good people who are just willing to put out information for people to learn. Once you have a feeling that you do want to do learn more and you're willing to maybe invest some money, there's associations. There's what's referred to as ISACA, I-S-A-C-A, really great cybersecurity and IT audit group and association. A lot of things that you can learn from there. You know, you can study for various security certifications. There's another one called ISC Squared. Uh, that's another governing body, has a lot of security certifications and, and great learning materials. So those are ones that I would suggest looking at after you sort of looked at things for free online and you've truly um, clinched in your own mind that cybersecurity is something that you want to pursue. Oh, that's great. You know, I like free. I think the internet is just such a wonderful resource for acquiring knowledge, free information and knowledge. And I don't know whether people fully appreciate how important it can be in a job search. But if this is a way to be trained, or at least preliminarily trained, at least to find out whether you really like 
what you thought you'd like about the occupation before you spend your money to your point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's even, you know, even uh, there's so many great free or low cost courses on online training sites like Coursera as an example. There's no shortage of cybersecurity videos, you know, starting out in your career. And so if, if that's something that uh, your listeners are, are interested in, definitely check those things out. If they ever have a question, send me a message on LinkedIn. I practically live there. So <laughs> always, always happy to provide some guidance. <laughs> and let me just say, just to reinforce what you've just said, I went on LinkedIn at an Annette's suggestion and you responded almost, almost immediately. I was shocked. I was like, my goodness. And, <laughs> you know, as we discussed earlier, sometimes things happen organically because they're supposed to. And I think that because of all the press that cybersecurity has been getting, negative press and positive press, and because people are maybe disenchanted or dissatisfied with their current employment situation, cybersecurity sounds like a viable path forward. Oh, it really is. You know, it's been it's been interesting over the past year, year and a half or so, where I've had a lot of people who aren't just recent graduates, they're people who are transitioning, you know, after 20 years in another field, uh, they're looking to, they say, hey, you know, I'm hearing all about cybersecurity, I'd love to see what I can do to transition in, you know, so it, it's been very interesting to, to see that. I mean, over the course of my career up until, you know, the past year or two, it was mostly, you know, most of the new talent was, you know, recent graduates. So it's been really interesting to see that there's an infusion of people who have vast experience in, in other sectors coming into the field. I think that's something which is just going to only make our profession stronger. Back to that diversity of thinking. I think that's something which is which is quite exciting, you know, and uh, I'm excited to see how the field progresses forward as we bring in all sorts of different experts from other areas and um, having fresh viewpoints that, that are brought into the field. You know, Dominic, I'm really getting excited about this, not because I intend to go into that... <laughs> into that field. But <laughs> at least I feel better about my concerns about, you know, people being duped. Hopefully people will hear this podcast and follow your guidance because number one, it's free. All they have to do is listen to the podcast and take notes and they can acquire a wealth of information that will lead them or may lead them down a path to a very productive and satisfying career. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll even indulge in a little self-promotion. I host a podcast called Cybersecurity Matters. And, you know, it's it's a podcast des designed for non-technical people to just, we interview all sorts of interesting security and other non-security people across the world. So people are interested in, in hearing and learning more about cybersecurity, again, through a non-technical lens. Um, like I said, a little self-promotion there. They can definitely check out the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Oh, that's great. Well, if you need an employment expert to give them tips about how they can be successful if they have to go into the office or if they're working virtually, please keep me in mind. Absolutely, Beverly. You're, you're my go-to for that. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone else in that field, so you're my go-to. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking and my mind is racing. I'm saying, you know, Dominic and I ought to have a job fair because it sounds like there are jobs out there that people could, could I, seriously, you know, when I hear people say, you know, I want to do better. I want to improve my situation. I want to make my family proud of me. You know, sometimes I sit and I watch television. I hear stories. It brings tears to my eyes because they're so authentic and so passionate 
about wanting to improve their circumstances and the thought that anyone is taking advantage of such people just really makes me nuts. It's really sad you know, when that happens, you know, and you know, cybersecurity being such a hot sector, you know, it, it's definitely become a, a lightning rod where you have people trying to take advantage of others. But at least, like I said, you know, one of the good things about the field is that we have a very strong network of professionals that are very welcoming, very open to wanting to make the security community better and stronger. That helps weed out the charlatans, for lack of a better term. Well, that's great. Now, can you tell me what sustainable security is? <laughs> sustainable security is, I believe it's a term that, that I coined. I haven't really seen it elsewhere, but it's something. It's a term that I use with our clients. You know, I firmly believe that you know, cybersecurity isn't a one-time thing. It's not saying, oh, let's make our company uh, cybersecurity and we forget all about it. Right? It's not like buying a new coffee maker for the staff room. <laughs> it very much needs to be interwoven into the DNA and into the fabric of the organization. As your organization morphs and changes and grows, so too does the cybersecurity fabric within your organization. And you know, the sustainable part of it is really about understanding that it's not doing this as a one-time effort. It's not about throwing a bunch of cash at the problem and hoping it solves it. Sustainable security at its root is about doing the basics and doing them well over many, many years and hopefully over the existence of, of your organization. Um, that, to me, is what sustainable security is. There's some organizations that view security as, oh, let's buy some new state-of-the-art security technology, you know, and they'll drop $500,000 on some fancy new shiny bells and whistles. That's not sustainable security. Sustainable security, like I said, is a commitment to consistently doing the basics and doing them well. Well, but, you know, that makes sense. Things change over time. Systems change. Technology changes. People change. Skill sets change. What people are looking for changes. Society changes. The one thing I've learned as I've embarked on this part of my employment journey is change is constant. And if you don't keep up with the transformation throughout your life and every facet of your life, you're going to be left behind. And as far as cybersecurity is concerned, depending on what your business is, you can't afford to do that. It can't be one, a one-stop shopping, one shot, and I'm done. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're spot on there, Beverly. Again, it's the same as with, like you're saying there, any other element of your organization, right? To be operationally efficient, right? It's not for your organization. It's not one shot and, and done. To be uh, financially sustainable and to have a growth plan for your organization, that's not a one shot deal as, as well, right? To have happy and productive and empowered employees, that's not a one shot deal uh, either, right? These are things which requires a, a sustained commitment to doing them and to doing them well. And cybersecurity is no different. No, exactly. I mean, when you look at how employment has changed over time, I mean, you know, we're not using inkwells and quill pens. <laughs> you know, we now have, you know, computers. Things just evolve over time, sometimes for the better, sometimes it's questionable. But we have to move forward and we have to keep up. It's the keeping up that's the challenge for some people because, you know, and to say, oh, well, that's the way we've always done it. Well, that's the, not the way you can do it now. It's not being done that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you get it? Oh, it's, you know, but, and that's why I like the idea. And I was happy to hear you say that there's been an infusion of 
older or more experienced employees or people who bring something else to the occupation. You know, you have the younger ones, the recent graduates from high school or college, and then you have the the more seasoned people who've had a career in one industry and are now looking for something different. And together with different perspectives and different experiences, it can be just a wonderful collaboration. Absolutely. And I love that word collaboration. You know, I think I think that's where, you know, especially where we see modern cybersecurity leadership taking foot is where uh, you have security leaders empowering their teams. You have them comprising their teams, not just of technical people, but people from all sorts of different walks of life and empowering them to be able to work towards a common goal. And that common goal, you know, is basically, you know, is making cyber risk, reducing that risk as much as possible for the organization, right? And empowering whatever place of business where you work to be able to succeed in the digital era. But it's quite interesting, I'd say, at the point that we're in right now, where you still do have some well, I'll just call them old school security professionals and, and leaders who view the, uh, have the thought that cybersecurity people should only be IT people, people who have a very technical skill sets. That's a very dated way of thinking. Like I said, modern cybersecurity leadership, they embrace the diversity. They embrace the people from all sorts of different areas of life and different levels of experiences. Those are the cybersecurity teams of the future. Well, when you consider that... People have become more sophisticated, more creative in how they attack systems. It would be helpful to have a diverse, eclectic array of employees working on a problem so that you would have different viewpoints, different perspectives. You know, men and women think differently. I see things that maybe someone else might not see because I'm observant and some people call it nosy. But I do pay attention. I really do pay attention. I can tell if you got a haircut. I can tell if you got maybe not a new pair of socks, but I look at your socks to see whether you're wearing different socks and whether your socks are maybe a little more flamboyant than they were than you usually wear. I notice things like that. And most people don't. You know, the thing about that too, Beverly, is I always refer to cybersecurity as an ecosystem. You know, for any ecosystem to survive, let alone thrive, it requires diversity, right? And I, I look at the cybersecurity ecosystem, and for I mean, pretty much all of my career it is mainly being IT people, and it's mainly, especially at the leadership levels, mainly being older white males. For cybersecurity to truly break through and truly have the positive effect that it needs to have on organizations in, in this digital era, it needs that diversity to, like I said, not just survive, but to truly thrive. You know, as I said, I am so relieved. Interviewing you was not for me. At least it wasn't my intention to allay my concerns. It was <laughs> my intention was to provide information for people who might be interested in pursuing cybersecurity to make sure they were going down a reputable path, a path that would result in substantial concrete achievement. But Quite frankly, it's made me feel so much better from just a layperson's perspective. It's good to know that people like you are working in this industry and trying to make it safer and more secure for people like me. 
I really didn't view it from that perspective, but that's the way I'm seeing it now. <laughs> well, I'm really happy to, to hear that, Beverly. And if nothing else, I always aim to provide relief <laughs> for our clients, for, for those I speak to. You know, I, I'm, I, I genuinely appreciate those kind words. You know, it, it's a scary feel, especially when you're on the outside and you don't know what you don't know. Something that, you know, we, you and I were talking about earlier before we started, you know, that, and that's what I aim to do is, is at least by providing a little more context, a little more information. Um, we sort of bring down the scare factor. And I think that's true for, for any field. When you don't know uh, something, your mind can play tricks. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know for me, you know, but it's something I'm not familiar with. I, I can go down some pretty dark places <laughs> if, I, if I don't understand it. So as with anything, you know, um, you just need to shine light on it and, and the truth can come out. Well, and the converse is true, too. You may think you know a whole lot, but you really don't. <laughs> Very true. But you need to take a step back and make sure that what you know, what you've been told, what you've been taught is accurate and reliable and that you keep an open mind about what you learn and what you hear and you think critically, you know, does this sound right? You know, ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Absolutely, Beverly. And that's the thing that I I love the most about being on podcasts and speaking with amazing people like yourself, where being able to answer those questions, that's part of a level of fulfillment that I'm grateful for because, you know, there's, there's not a lot of great communicators in the security field. And that's part of the reason it's remained so, you know, mysterious <laughs> on, on the outside. I love being able to communicate and, and answer very insightful questions from people like yourself because at the end of the day, I think that's how we move the needle forward. Well, you know, I truly appreciate your willingness to share your time with us. And I thank you on behalf of those people who may be interested in pursuing a career in cybersecurity. And as someone who isn't, but who has been concerned about hacking and ransomware, I appreciate you allaying my concerns. And again, I say to you, if you can think of ways that we can collaborate and move this forward. I mean, because there's so many people who apparently are not satisfied with their employment situation and are looking for other opportunities. Quite frankly, I intend to share this information with my nephew. Hey, I'm very grateful to have him being on the podcast today, Beverly, and I look forward to further collaboration opportunities. And for any of your listeners who are, again, are interested in, in the field, you know, I, I love being able to mentor and coach people who are looking to get into the field or, or to maybe even further themselves in the field. And you know, for, for your listeners who want to reach out, please, they can reach me via my company website, which is cyber.sc. Or they can just find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Dominic Vogel, at least the only English-speaking Dominic Vogel on I LinkedIn. I had no trouble finding you. Had no trouble finding you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> None. And you were, and as I said, you responded almost immediately. It's something which, like, I love spending time there because it's a, it allows me to connect with amazing people across the world, develop amazing friendships with amazing people like yourself, and it's it's just like I said, it's, it's it's a wonderful gift. One of the things I truly enjoy with where I am in my career right now is being able to be a guide, almost a, a shepherd of sorts, to to people who who want to learn more about the industry and and to start a career here. And for any of your listeners listening, um, they can reach out anytime. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Well, that's very generous of you. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with as we end? The only thing I'd say to end with is to understand really that cybersecurity and cyber risk is something that 
is a risk that faces every organization right now. We're no longer in 1995, as I jokingly like to say. We're in 2021. We live in the digital era. Uh, we live in the digital economy. Every single organization, big or small, heavily relies on data and on IT systems. And as part of that, there's cyber risk. And your organization can either deal with it proactively or they can take a risk <laughs> and potentially go out of business and deal with it reactively. Well, on that note, we'll say goodbye. Oh, one final thing, listeners. Please consider picking up my new latest book, Your GPS to Employment Success, How to Find and Succeed in the Right Job. If you're looking for employment, it has a treasure trove of tips and stories and advice that I think you will find useful. Please also, if you're so inclined, please leave a review for our podcast. We would appreciate it. And any suggestions, any feedback you have, all feedback is welcome. Again, until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.